Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, for more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Friday, May the 6th, 2016. And our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Hello, Michael. Well, maybe he's... Mute challenged or something. Uh, mute so, challenged. There you go. I couldn't get the screen. I couldn't get my mute screen to come up to to put it off. It was another screen on my phone. Anyway, welcome everybody. We're honored, delighted, and blessed by the fact that you are back to share with us again, or back with us, or with us the first time. And Mind Shifters Radio and our our work is the uh, the common work. It's interesting in the ancient teachings there in the ancient world they had a thing they called liturgy. And it became something about church for most people, but the real meaning of the word liturgy means our common work. So here we come together for liturgy to do our work together to create a space of support for moving from states of awareness that tend to destroy the presence or the active presence of human life to the state where no matter what's going on in the external world, we live as that active presence of love. You know, our basic thesis is, and I think it's a reasonable assumption since we've asked tens of tens of thousands of people all over the globe, describe for us the essence of the newborn that you held when you held that, first held that newborn. And everybody, everybody's answer is the same. It's always some variation on the theme of love. So our presumption is that the human being is love. And, you know, in almost 50 years of doing this work, we've worked in the prison systems, we've worked in some crazy places. And when you can touch the space of love that's still alive in everyone, no matter how far they've fallen into darkness, everybody has that space still intact within themselves. And 
the darkness that we refer to is the darkness of any form of hostility or fear. You know, I've never had anybody who's described a newborn with some word that relates to hostility or fear. It just isn't in them. And when one loses the awareness and, and we can get into some pretty crazy places of hostility, fear, grief, rage, sadness, drama, and trauma, when one loses that awareness, one of the most powerful gifts you can give is to simply be the space that resonates and holds awareness of the truth about that person that you're looking at. I posted a post on Facebook the other day, or reposted someone else's thought on Postbook, or Facebook, pardon me, and the quote was, when you cannot see the light, I will sit with you in darkness. And the greatest gift that anyone can give to a grieving, suffering world is to be that space of love. And if that space has been lost, you know, everything in our conversation, if you go to our archives, we've got well over 1,500 radio shows, six years of shows, and you won't hear a word said about anything other than how do we get back to the truth of who we are? How do we dump, remove, or forgive what does not belong in us? And many people, their first exposure to this work, what do you mean we forgive what doesn't belong in us? Isn't, isn't what's going on for me that guy's fault and shouldn't I be forgiving him? No, please. In our conversation about forgiveness, we will counsel you to never, ever, ever forgive anyone for anything because it's a falsehood to think that you can forgiveness has nothing to do with I let you off the hook for what's happening inside of me forgiveness is the tool with which I go inside of me and remove what never belonged remove what covers up the light in me so when I can hold to that space and be that space for someone and there's a tool that we teach that in our intensives and in our workshops that is a practice for holding that space, and it's called a love exchange. It's really pretty simple. Two people sit face-to-face. One person says, I'll be the sender, and one person says, I'll be the receiver. The sender closes her eyes, finds the deepest, clearest, most powerful love inside themselves that they can, intensifies it, and then opens their eyes and consciously, purposely sends that energy out through their eyes to their partner. The partner, having their eyes open and being receptive, literally we invite them to take a hand and put it up in front of the partner that's sending, up in front of their eyes, and see what, if anything, is coming out of their eyes. And over many years of sharing that tool with people, we've had all kinds of things that people experience when they get quiet and they tap into that energy. 
So when we talk about holding a space for someone, what we're talking about is being that space of conscious, active, present love. And no matter what the darkness is that someone else is stuck in, being that space. And the most amazing thing happens. People heal. I mean, we get to see and hear of people who heal some of the most horrible diseases, financial circumstances, relationship traumas. And the next day they say, I don't know what happened. That experience is just gone. I don't understand it. Well, I don't presume to understand it either, except to say that if that active space of love is clear enough, deep enough, and powerful enough, and I can do the other half of the equation, and here's where the the challenge begins, I have to get that active state of love into the presence of whatever I've been hiding from myself that creates the disordered condition. When that occurs, there is a transmutation, a change in energy. And whatever it is, and I'll just offer that, you know, in almost 50 years of doing this work, probably 20, 25 years ago, I started looking back over the previous years at what, what is it that caused that magnificent, amazing shift in somebody's life that you'd say, that was miraculous, that can't happen? I mean, we regularly see and hear from people who communicate with us, you know, on the spot or the next day or six months later, who they'll, they'll come to a workshop, they'll start doing the forgiveness process, and they'll contact us and say, I was ready I was planning to commit suicide that day. And now any ideation of suicide is totally gone from me. And I'm excited about my life. How does that happen? When I can bring the mind energy that would have to do with suicide in someone into the active presence of love because the idea of harming oneself is such a a fraud and untrue idea that the energy behind it is simply burned off. It simply dissolves. There is a transmutation of that energy, and we've seen it happen many, many, many times. So we're here to support each person who shares in this community. If there's someone in your life, perhaps yourself at times, that's in darkness, that you bring forward that active space of love that is your true beingness. You don't effort loving yourself. You don't effort loving anybody else. That's all a fraud. And function out of the space of conscious, active, present love. The transformations that take place are amazing. What is it that causes one particular issue or another to dissolve in in this person and not in another? I don't know. That's why, for instance, when we do an intensive, we bring every tool we know to that intensive to bear on the space so that 
whatever somebody's ready for, when they're ready, when the vitality is there, when the safety is there, when the space is safe enough to open that hidden part of the mind, that hidden part opens and that shift takes place. The bottom line, the core and the key to all healing is to bring... You know, there's, there's an interesting passage in the Course, and we are going to be, well, Monday we'll be doing Course in Miracles uh, again. We'll have Miracle Mondays. There's a powerful line in the Course that says, bring the world you do not want to the one you do. And the one you do is that space of active love. What is it that it will take to open the part of the mind that perhaps has been hidden in you, in your physiology, in your life, in your generations, perhaps has been hidden for a hundred generations? How, how do you get to the space of enough safety for that? How do you get to use the spade of forgiveness to dig down into that part of the mind and access that hidden piece? You know, every factor there is we introduce, or at least that I've found in 50 years of study, we introduce that in the intent and say, here, here's a key. You know, the key might be, gee, every time that state starts to surface and that energy starts to move, that if I were to bring it to the presence of love, whatever the disease or disorder is, I would heal it. When it starts to move in me, I reach for a mouthful of junk food. That can be all it takes. And most people, you know, as we read that quote from Carl Jung yesterday, in order not to face themselves, people will do anything, the most bizarre things, in order not to deal. Hold the breath, rage, scream, eat junk, drink a fifth of scotch, smoke a joint. And the culture is only too happy to oblige to keep people in their addictive states so that they are sufficiently weakened that they can't be empowered enough to bring up what needs to come to the surface. So as we go along, and if, again, if you were to listen to the last six years of shows, five and a half years of shows, you wouldn't hear us talking about anything other than here are the factors. Piece by piece by piece, everything we've uncovered, everything we've understood, everything Jeannie's found, everything Rex has found, everything that Dr. Tim has found, everything I've found, that are pieces of the puzzle that support and assist people becoming so vitalized and so soft and open and aware that they allow whatever's hiding in them to surface. And the practice of bringing active, present love in to meet that dissolves the energy that creates the offense. So we're here to hold that space. We're here to learn with you. I don't know of anybody that's got this down pat and perfectly yet. When you start realizing that we're looking at literally cleaning up who knows how many generations in our bloodline, in the simple 30 generations, if you do the math, there are over 1.7 billion people in your bloodline. And stored in your genes are the thoughts, the feelings, the realities, the experiences of all those generations. And any energy that's unlike love held in a cell is going to tend to deteriorate that cell. 
access the energy and the presence of love and healing occurs. So we are honored to have this opportunity to have this conversation with you and to support you in every way we know with every fiber of our being and everything that we could possibly come up with in the way of tools, techniques, and how-tos. So let's say hello to Dr. Tim if the young man is with us today. And he's on. Great. How are you, Dr. Tim? I'm doing beautifully well, thank you. We had our support group last night. We had two people plus me. We had a lecture from Guy Finley that he did just earlier in the week. And um, I, I stopped it a few times to point out the overlap. This is this is a, a piece that can be taken directly out of why is this happening to me again? And with different words, here's exactly the same thing being said. And I did that several times. And we had a little bit longer video than normal. It was an hour and a half, so we didn't get to worksheets. But we talked about critical pieces from the worksheet on Tuesday, which these two people weren't at the Tuesday group, so they were able to share in the powerful shift that happened on the Tuesday night worksheet because of being willing, the person being willing to go in and really just sit with the image that came up when she released her goal. And um, the other thing I would add is that I'm almost finished with that book by Matt Kahn, and the title is Whatever Arises, Love That. And quite a few times as I'm reading it, I'm thinking this is exactly what Michael teaches in his lectures. And this is the whole point about learning to listen, learning to hold the space of love, learning to be 100% responsible for what's going on inside of me. You know, layer after layer, he has a different approach. He's got a different way of talking about it. He's got different mental exercises and mantras to to recommend and yet the underlying message is exactly the same so it's all about holding the space of love for myself and whoever i'm listening to it's all about understanding any advice i have for anybody else is exactly what i need to do in my life even if it's a good advice for them it's perfect advice for me and so uh, I'm happy to report that that's a very consistent book and something that people who are very sensitive energetically and emotionally might enjoy reading because that's that's the space that Matt Kahn comes from. So that's the my offering for again, today. Is- Whatever arises, love that. Uh, cool. Sweet. Be the presence of love. It's really... So, so simple, isn't it? (laughs) Yet so complicated with the mind and all of its complexities. Well, an an exciting announcement that I have, uh, and I'm not sure, Tim, I think I had sent you a link to the, uh, the short video that we did when we were in Henderson, North Carolina on, it was a 
kind of a combination of we 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 titled it forgiveness the single edged sword but um it it was a combination of what is the world a short form lesson or what is the world in the forgiveness process did you have a link to that did i get one that doesn't that doesn't ring a bell oh well then this is going to be exciting cuz i think it's one of the best short um coming togethers of information on that topic. It's a 38-minute video. It was a Sunday service that we did at a place called the Namaste Center in uh, Henderson, North Carolina. And uh, I just got notification just before the show that the file had finished downloading, or pardon me, had been finished uploading to our Dropbox. And so the first thing I'm going to do when we're finished the show is I'm going to download it to my computer, and then I'm going to upload it to YouTube so folks can see it. But I, th- I think it's one of the the best short synopsis of, and you know, it's kind of like half of the lesson of what is the world and half of the forgiveness process from the course and from the first century RMX. I'm really excited about that video. It's finally complete edited. We've been back and forth and back and forth on that one. And uh, he just sent me a note. So, uh, so everybody, if you, uh, if you would watch for it on our YouTube channel, I will upload it. It'll, I don't know how long it'll take to upload, but uh, I of course have to download it first to my computer, but probably by, um, three o'clock Eastern time. It should be on our YouTube channel. And uh, we invite everybody to give it a listen and to put links to it anywhere and everywhere on the planet that you can. I think it's going to be a real door opener for people. It's just, it was one of those services where, you know, Tim, when you present and you know you're really right on, well, I was really right on that day. It was just a fun day and a really receptive, sweet energy group to draw the, the principles out. So, so I'm excited about that. And, and again, of course, another way of saying the same thing. How do we live as the active space of love? And when we can't, how do we remove what gets in the way? I look forward to hearing it. Yes, yes. I will, uh, I'll send you a text as soon as it's uploaded to, uh, to YouTube. So, Jeannie, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up? Are you inviting the chat room with a thought or a question for us? Well, we did have a hand up, and I think it was Julie in Oregon, but she's disappeared. If you're still on the switchboard, Julie, hit one. Julie, did you ascend? Put one up. Put your hand, push one, Julie, and let's have a conversation. We haven't heard I your voice in a week her. or so. Oh, okay, well, she'll probably be back. Then that means there's nobody with a hand up, which means that if you are on the switchboard right now and you push one, you won't have to wait for a second and we'll be having a conversation. How can we support you? How can we help to open the space to really understand and apply these tools as cleanly, as clearly, and as powerfully as you can? Our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you, is 646-200-4169. And if, uh, if Dr. Tim had said what I, he said and I shared the introduction that I just did at uh, your local library or your local bookstore or church or university and you were sitting in the audience, 
what would your question be? What would you come up and ask Dr. Tim about this being the space of love for what is, accessing hidden dynamics, forgiveness? What is? What are we talking about here? What would be your question? I know you'd have a question. And you started out as what virtually everybody does. Well, I just have a quick question. It seems to be the the uh, the language of the culture. It's just a quick question. And then someone opens up, you know, the biggest issue in their lives. But it's just a quick question. And, you know, sometimes people are nervous. They're not sure. Gee, my voice might be shaky or whatever. I invite you to let go of any idea that anybody would have any thought of judgment of you if your voice is shaky or you don't language things exactly the way you should. That's all just power person stuff of disapproval. And we invite you to do some worksheets and let go of that. And just go ahead and hit one and ask your question. We would love to have a conversation with you. It's the most powerful way I know to bring the ideas forward is in live interaction. Because the most accurate, clearest answers always come forward when there's a live voice on the other end asking the question, a live energy field called love that's calling forward a new piece of information into their lives. It's powerful. I, I love one of Einstein's quote I read, quotes I ran across recently where he says, if someone were, to, someone were to hand me a problem that I had one hour to solve or I would be dead, he says, I would spend the first 55 minutes contemplating the problem and the question to ask myself. And then he says, in five minutes I solve the problem. Now, there's a man who knows how to put something before his intuition and imagination. If you listen to Einstein, he says that 90% of his work was intuition, 10% was intellect. This isn't about figuring it out. This isn't about Tim knowing the answers or Jeannie knowing the answers or Michael knowing the answers, because we don't. This is about putting literally the energy of the right question. And if you're doing your work, your question is a precious one. And when the right frequency, the right question appears, then any mind, and I'm saying any mind that isn't blocked by its own garbage, is going to be able to respond as that energy resonates and draws forward the answer. I'm thinking it was... Oh, go ahead, sweetie. I was just going to say, while we're waiting for someone to put their hand up, or someone in the chat room to ask a question, um, perhaps address, because I'm sure that this uh, will impact several people. We had a phone call this morning from a friend of, you know, with Mother's Day coming up, this really came forward. I was thinking about this. Um, the mother is going to transition just about any time. And her son is kind of in a quandary um, on his own. And this friend called, and she was in fear for the son and kind of in, uh, I guess, fear as well for the, the mother. And she's trying to intervene, and she was just like, you know, um, hold the space for me. You know, I don't know what to do in this. And, and it gave me an opportunity to walk her through the forgiveness process. She wasn't familiar with it. 
and to explain to her that as long as she was holding on to the fear, she couldn't hold the space of love for the mother or the son fully. And so could you address that? So is it possible, I'll reword it then. Am I correct or incorrect that you can or cannot hold the space of love for someone when your fear is active around their situation? Well, my offering would be that because of the way the mind works, there are basically three filters for activity in the mind. It's interesting, a a medical doctor uh, at Tulane University, Dr. Robert Heath, did bone implant EEGs in people. And he said that he found three signature frequencies in the brain. And the three frequencies he had associated with forgiveness, or pardon me, with, with the presence of love. He associated the second one was hostility, and the third one was fear. And what he said was that hostility destroys the body of the hostile, fear destroys the mind of the fearful, and love rebuilds both. And it seems we can only have, although we can switch very quickly, about a 25th of a second, according to some other research done at Harvard, we can switch states, but only one of those states can be active at a time. And um, perhaps I'm going to put my phone on hold for just a second to ask you a question, Jeannie, and uh, if you just give me one second, folks. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that we weren't uh, breaking any confidences, but uh, the uh, the circumstance that we're dealing with here, and you know, this friend, student, someone who's become a friend over the years, is um, probably in the last stages of, of cancer, and her son is in prison, and we've been communicating with the three of. Of, of them, the three being the mother, the son, and this friend who Jeannie was talking to this morning that was in that state of fear. And the thing that resonated for her, the fear, was that the son is in a maximum security prison. And actually, we just went to see him last week. We talked about it last week on the show. He's down here in Florida. And he was in a fairly secure area of the prison. Apparently, it's a pretty rough place, and he was in a unit where he was pretty secure, and he has no idea why, and who knows what causes these forces to go on, at least in the external world, but he was moved from this secure area where he was fairly comfortable and fairly secure into what he referred to as, I've been put back in the jungle. He was put back in general population. So this mutual friend, friend of mom's, friend of uh, of this young man, was just really in a lot of fear about. Or, or, and, and and listen, if we listen to the language, you know, her words were, "I'm in fear about him being in danger in the prison." 
And if you remember the, the definition we have of denial, denial is thinking or speaking as though something outside of us is the cause of something inside of us. So denial, this state of thinking that she's in fear because this young man might be in danger, leaves her cut off from healing part of her mind that holds fear. She isn't in fear because of what's happening with this young man. She's in fear because there's fear in her. And so our input to anybody who would who would live in denial and that is say, well, I'm, I'm really afraid because, and then follow it up with anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Denial leads to me hiding the part of my mind, the root of my fear. And as long as the root of my fear is hidden, I can't heal my fear. That's That's the whole thing of what are the factors that cause healing to occur. The biggest challenge is, and... You know, in many cases, who knows how long these dynamics have been going on. I could tell you story after story after story of people going back and having memories from generations ago. And when they brought that memory forward and brought it forward in the presence of love, bang, something major in their life healed. So what are the factors that allow that to happen? Well, the first step is you've got to come out of denial. And, you know, I, I love it. The words that they're exactly in the ancient scriptures in the book of James. James says, stop your denial. Because as long as you're in denial, you dissociate from the hidden part of the mind. So this lady thinks her fears about the young man in prison, and that's just not true. Her fears about the fact that she has a capacity for fear. What forgiveness would be about would be, be you know, looking at the goal she has for this young man is to be safe in prison. And so what we would advise her to do would be to cancel the goal for him to be safe, which sounds crazy. But when I blame a circumstance for what's going on inside of me, I dissociate with the energy that needs to be healed, which means I hide it from myself and I cannot heal it. When I realize that the thing that causes my mind to show me an end result. So, so the end result is, in her perception, she has this fear that this young man's going to be hurt in prison. That's the end result of her perceptual mind. So when she cancels the goal for her friend to be safe, what happens is that end result, tip of the iceberg, collapses in on itself. And when it collapses in on itself, one gets the opportunity to go to the root of that fear directly rather than accessing it through all the brain cells about him and prison and all the fear she's got about the world and creating a perceptual construct of fear of, that appears to be about something out there, canceling the goal collapses that surface mind's picture and allows her to drop into the place of healing that fear. And that's what's called forgiveness of bringing that fear. You know, again, the Course says, bring the world you do not want to the one you do. By the way, on Monday, we're going to be talking about that lesson, what is the world? That's the, uh, the focal point. That's actually the, the focus of the video that I was just talking about, and we'll have it on our YouTube channel shortly. And, of course, that's a free download if you just go to www.whyagain.org. 
And if you look over on the right-hand side of any page, you'll see floating there all of the uh, social media links. The bottom one is a red and white uh, little square with an arrow in it. If you click on that, it'll take you to our YouTube channel. And you'll find a, uh, a lesson there that I'm going to upload called, it's ACIM, A Course in Miracles, dash, what is the world, slash, what is forgiveness, mini lesson. It's a 38-minute video. I think it's one of the best pieces of work we've done to date on this topic. And we're honored and delighted to have the opportunity to share it with you. Gee, that would be my input on that. Did you have some other thoughts in that direction? No, I think that's perfect. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I talked about with her on the phone was uh, how we draw to a situation's and, you know, she had mentioned something about, you know, just thinking, you know, good thoughts towards him and sending love towards him. And I said, yeah, but if you don't address the fear that's underlying it, you know, that's what's got the most emotion. And I used the example then of, of you know, spraying air freshener on the trash can and you can live with it, but eventually you've got to dump the trash can. And that she needed to go underneath and remove her underlying fear and, you know, kind of the same thing that you said, you know, that she might uncover a time when, you know, she didn't feel safe in a place or when someone that she loved couldn't protect her or wouldn't protect her. And, and uh, you know, but that's excellent. Thank you very much. And we do have a caller. Okay, it's area code 760. You're on the air. Is this Anne? Oh, yes. Wow, that was... That was wild. Can you hear me? Yes, can hear you very well. Um, okay, so that's bizarre, you guys. I was just writing notes, and I was just listening, and all of a sudden I'm on the air, so I must have accidentally pushed the button. But Okay. Well, what fun, I, what fun. I know, but I was thinking of doing it anyway, but a little bit later because I was kind of emotional earlier and then I was trying to get something to eat while I was listening and then had to talk to my husband in between while I'm still trying to listen. (laughs) And I'm in here writing the notes about the link. And, uh, (laughs) wow, (laughs) and you were just talking about the energy that's... (laughs) That's resonated, so that's pretty cool <laughs> about thinking about something. So, um, wow. I wanted to, um, I guess, first off on my mind was to thank Dr. Tim. It was probably a week ago, and I never, I didn't get a chance to um, cue back in was some stuff that he said. And I don't remember specifically what it was, Dr. Tim, but it was just very helpful. Um um, well, my account- accountability partner is Gail, and I just had a I had a blah day yesterday. Well, as it turns, because I'd had such a victory, such victories, also victories the day before. And yesterday, actually, she had one too. So by the time we got done, you know, talking, it was like, okay, see, I'm not alone. Um, okay, I'm gonna breathe. Um, because that's what's awesome about this community, and that's what's awesome about um, just the input from this program and doing the work. And so um, I know it's another worksheet not to uh, get down on myself for falling off 
you know, the the plan that I had um, to move towards, you know, getting more worksheets done per day, which is, you know, by the time I come to the intensive. But um, it's just community. And um, I just finished a, a book by Louise LaHaye, somebody had given me, and I was just reading it on and off. And um, she has some great stuff, and I've highlighted some pages, and it's about staying in the present and things like that. But the piece I noticed was still the forgiveness worksheet take it to another level. So I'm grateful for this work that you have. Damn, I can breathe now. Take, it, anyway. take another big breath. <laughs> just, just allow yourself to just stop for a minute and take a couple of deep breaths. It, it kind of sounded like maybe there was a whole layer of emotion getting ready to surface on another level. And I'd yeah. support you and invite you to let yourself be with that. And just take a minute and we'll breathe with you. It was coming up when you were first talking. Um, you know, just the other people that are experiencing um, digging deeper and some of the things that came up yesterday that I wrote down as I was doing your My plan has been for each DVD that you've given me is to just listen to them through the week and then on the weekend take notes. And so I got the first half of Healing Through Relationships yesterday and um, my notes and just the generation was my first, uh, well, the, the pattern that came up, the pattern with my first husband, the pattern with my current husband, and then my pattern. And the weaving, the weaving aspect. And I remember at our intensive how much the weaving aspect came up with Shelly and and then with myself and others. <laughs> um, and so a whole lot of more worksheets were generated. will be done there. But um, I... I didn't get to sleep till early this morning, and I slept in, and then I got up and I finished the book, and I went back through this little book um, that you create, you can create a, your exceptional life. And I was looking at some of those comments, and they had to do with what um, Dr. Kenlis is talking about that that this work is just <sighs> thought provoking. <laughs> the bottom line, thought-provoking, but that um, I think what got generated um, kind of focus um, what you said about the committing suicide, and I remember talking to others that have gone through that thought and grateful that I did not follow through with that thought, and it was at the time, many, many, many years ago, it was because I didn't want anybody else to be raising my children. And others that have shared how God just intervened um, at that moment and, and, for, and then to get us to this place where we come across something that is, oh, is going to help us. They're focused and the rest of our life, um, but to take us somewhere where he wants us to go to help others. 
And um, the thing that Kellen and I were talking about yesterday is this whole thing about not beating myself up when I make a mistake, and that's from my past. Yes, I know. Um, but to go, just to go with, you were saying something earlier, just to go with, with what comes up. And so um, today I had signed up for a Lazy River Cruise, which is just down the road from us. And I'm going to, after the show, be getting ready to go on that. And it turns out that I'm winding up going by myself. And I thought, that's okay. Um, it's my war- reward in the middle of all of this intenseness um, to just enjoy nature and um, outside these four walls. I I I'm working on loving what's going on through the pain. I know it's necessary and, and I, I don't remember it's James that talks about that, but I know somewhere in the scriptures if it's Paul that we need to go through it. So I think that's why I'm at. I'm, I'm working on embracing that. Um, if I don't get through something that I had a goal for, getting through that day, it's okay. Because I'm still here and I'm still breathing. Um, Yay. I know. So... It's interesting. So go ahead. No, I'm just breathing. It's okay. Okay. Well, it's interesting that the piece of the conversation that stood out to you was about suicide and yeah. that you rejected that ideation. And it sounds like the dynamic that's behind what causes people to commit suicide is what's up for you healing right now. And as I listened to your language, you spoke about, you know, not being down on yourself. You know, suicide's about one of the most dramatic being down on yourself things there is. And so I'd offer that perhaps some worksheets around you know, your language was not being down on yourself and not beating up on yourself. I'd do some worksheets yeah. around those dynamics and clear that regulatory speech out of the system so that the automatic thought you have for you and the automatic speech that comes first right there out of your mouth when you think about yourself is, and yeah, I just embrace myself in love. And yes, I realize that I am the presence of love. And then when that other stuff comes up, it's just stuff, and I can throw it off and breathe it off and, and, and forgive it. But you might want to look at the power person dynamic of how when you didn't do it right or you didn't do it, you didn't get it done when you were supposed to, what did your power person do? What was the, what was the result in your early life when you didn't do what your power person wanted you to do? Right, and and, there, I, and I'd be working couple. on forgiving that. 
Yes, yes. And, and I see where I have projected that on my current relationship with my husband as well. Um, and it's because there's triggers. So whatever is going on from his past, I know it's not my responsibility, and I don't have to try to figure it out. Um, right. But <laughs> those same comments and tones uh, that resonate, that trigger me. So I see where we've gotten an argument, where I have reacted in the past um, because of that same thing I'm hearing, I'm projecting, I'm seeing that image of that same, like you said, power person, that same thing coming at me. And so I shut down or I rage or whatever else comes with that. Um, so I I think that's where, oh, wow. I think that's where my avoidance has been and how I was using the television to avoid dealing with those particular worksheets. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. If you remember, in the codependence intensive, we did a section on relationship substitution. And mm. when someone you're in current relationship with violates a goal that you held for your power person, it's kind of like what happens is you move them out of the file, so to speak, in your mind about them, and you move them into the file with your power person. And now all of the power person dynamics get projected into your brain's image of them. One of the most awesome gifts that you can give yourself, that you can give your relationship, and in particular that your husband will deeply appreciate, will be to consciously purposely remove him from your power person file and get him back in that file in your mind that's really truly about him because it's it's a tough you know when remember that when we think somebody's a body a body's a picture in the mind it's a perceptual construct and right. the perceptual construct of what we call somebody's body is a result of what's moving in us, making up that picture of a body. And if I've linked my partner to my power person file and they resonate that file, then I take the unresolved power person dynamics, relationship dynamics that I have, and I put them into my brain's picture of their body and they show up in my mind as a body causing that problem. And that action, one, inhibits me from healing because I've just gone into a further state of dissociation, hiding the content that I don't want to deal with. And it creates, it tends to create the kind of dynamics in relationship where there's not going to be much support for healing from your partner, either toward or from. And so to consciously, purposely recognize, and you might sit and, you know, do a list of the ways my, uh, the ways my perceptual mind shows me my partner and how that parallels with my power person. And then specifically doing some worksheets to forgive those dynamics 
will open up, I suspect, a whole new space that can take you back to pre-stuffing him in your power person file to the place where the relationship is shiny and sweet and wonderful and you see a whole world of possibilities rather than having everything shadowed by the power person dynamics that enter into my brain's image of my partner. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, because I haven't written it down, but I've seen, I I think I shared with Gail once, um, the visual image. My husband had turned around in the kitchen and just the visual image because it's something that he had just said and turned around and his hair is spinning at the back and just because of the, the way she's gained and, and the way she eats. Um, I had this picture, this actual picture, so it makes me think of the DVD because I'm watching you know, that Healing for Relationships and, and how you drew those pictures. And even though they're stick figures from the, from the back of him, I literally saw my stepfather. Yep. And yep. those things resonated. So I see what you're saying. I need to get this written down on paper, get that mind body connection and in, in um to get this stuff out of the file. That's good. Yeah, because there's other things that resonate that same thing. Um, okay, so This will probably be a good is, show for you to download and listen to repeatedly. Which one? This the one the conversation we're having right now. You know, when we finish, oh, okay. go get the MP3 and have it and review it, and it'll tend probably to open deeper and deeper levels of, of comprehension of what I said and what you just said yourself. Right, right, absolutely. Um, and I have a question. I think somebody else asked this before too. Um, is I already know I'm not responsible for the stuff that's gone on him, and he's doing some, um, he's working on Celebrate Recovery, which is a Christian 12 stuff um, as well, um, which is awesome, and I'm appreciative of that. And he still has this health thing. He's not, he has so much disease, and, and I can hear you saying, I need to take my focus off of that, which for me, it's, it's hard because it's so visual and I'm looking at this daily and to get my mind out of this visual. So I think what you're saying is when I start writing this down, it will change my visual, right? Is that yes. what you're saying of, of this person? Exactly. That no matter what he's still doing, that's his responsibility, that I will come from this different space and will not see this power person picture. Right. You'll, it'll change your visual and it will change your visceral. The feelings in your body are going to shift when you make that disconnection. And what will tend to happen as you, wow. you know, ferret him out of the power person file is you'll get to see and heal deeper aspects of the unresolved issues with your power person. It's like okay. when, I, when I have a power person issue that goes back, let's say, to dad or stepdad, and I project it on my spouse, it's like I'm now twice removed from being able to clean that up because I'm looking at my brain's image of my spouse 
when what I really need to be looking at is the underlying dynamics of my relationship with my power person. So when I can forgive as to my spouse and disconnect that, I'll tend to be able to drop into a deeper part of my mind that's in need of healing around my power person. It's the same principle. You know, we've all watched movies. We've seen a, a film where somebody's been in war and they have a flashback. So here's somebody sitting in the living room, you know, with a broom sitting beside them at the chair and their child is outside the door and lights off a firecracker. And that firecracker going off sounds like a gun. And all of a sudden, this person sitting in the armchair reaches for the broomstick, is holding it like a rifle, is ready to shoot somebody. They've had a flashback. Literally, that firecracker that's sounding like a gun has resonated the brain cells of being back in the battlefield, the energy that's not been resolved in the trauma of that. And that being resonated into activity I mean, we've seen it portrayed because that's the way it happens. The whole visual picture of the room changes. One minute this person sitting in the living room watching TV, the, the sound goes off the firecracker and it sounds like a gun. And all of a sudden they're sitting, they're back in the battlefield watching somebody be shot, a friend being shot or something. They literally, their whole vision, the, the, the reality, the construct of their mind literally flashes back to what's unresolved. And that's precisely what happens in relationships. And, and this is what happens every time there's hostility or fear. Because my mind will, will build a picture of my partner out of my hostility or fear. And I'll really believe it's about my partner. Just like this guy sitting in the chair, his mind is building a picture of all of a sudden he's seeing the battlefield. And as I breathe and as I learn to forgive and collapse into those things, by bringing love to the brain cells that hold the original trauma, the original trauma dissolves out of tissue and the visceral experience that I have, the feeling in my structure shifts because the traumatic energy has now been transmuted by the presence of love. And that's the forgiveness process. Right. <sighs> yes. Uh, it, it just went back further. Yeah, and I understand that because I was around the person who was a uh, Vietnam vet and was over there in Agent Orange and the hallucinations that flashed back were powerful. Um, and, and that's what I get, I, yeah, which is that whole why is this happening to me again thing. Um, those right. thoughts or something come out of nowhere, just like you said, and not well, realizing they, what they seem to come. Stuff. They seem to come out of nowhere, but they really come out of carbon-based memory just because they've yes, been triggered yeah. into activity. And unfortunately, we're down to the last few seconds, so we can continue this conversation. Uh, we're going to be moving into Course in Miracles on Monday, and then we'll open the line, so maybe we can continue the conversation. In the meantime, have a happy Mother's Day, all of you mothers out there. Dads, appreciate the mothers in your lives. Kids, appreciate your mother. Have a blessed day. Best year yet of your eternal life. Bye-bye.